Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Today... We have a special kind of just off the cuff episode, if you should call it that. Um, Mads, unfortunately, wasn't able to join us today, which it's taken 14 episodes to have one, like not one schedule, not line up with the rest of us. So that's pretty crazy. But it's just me and Kelsey today. Yes. Hey, guys. I know it's pretty impressive with the three of us living in partially different time zones, crazy work schedules. The fact that we actually have all been able to record so consistently has been amazing. But she gave us her blessing to continue recording without her. So we're going to do that today. And we actually um, got to meet in person for the second time and a less chaotic environment than a music festival. Um, I visited LA this past weekend. I was visiting my friend Allie, and we got to meet for lunch. And you got to hang out with Allie. You had some people in common. Um, We had a great little meal. We got to just like chat normally, not about grief stuff or the podcast, just like two normal humans. Literally. And I think we were talking about how with this and I think and I've been in other situations I don't know what like maybe just like groups at school or something where you just start really it's like this non-traditional way of knowing somebody and you start really deep and then you layer outwards instead of like (laughs) the reverse starting on the surface (laughs) level and then like going in and so like we actually got to talk about like work and like what we want to do like I know you didn't even know that I spent like five years in a different like career before I'm like what I'm doing now. And so just like that stuff is so funny to me that you like know the deepest like emotions and experiences and thoughts about people. But then I was like, oh, like how often do you come visit LA or do you like LA (laughs) or like what city like uh, would do you see yourself in? Like all of these just like random things um, that continue to pop up that we're learning about each other, which is really funny. I completely agreed. It's very funny. And it was cool to just, yeah, be in that casual setting, be in that in-person setting. Like, oh, we all shared food. We all like the same food. Just those things that like I wouldn't know about you just from staring at you on a screen all day. And I was funny, like messaging her like what she was wearing and like normally you don't have to worry about that. And Allie and her were making fun of me because even though it was really hot out in LA, I was still wearing leggings because I'm so used to that from SF versus like wearing shorts. And so it's just fun that like this podcast was actually able to bring us together in that way, even if it is a reverse way of getting to know someone. Yeah, totally. Which by the way, there's a literal like heat warning, extreme heat warning this weekend. So oh, shit. you're lucky you missed that. But it's yeah. literally going to be 108 in the valley this weekend. I am like, I'm going to be dunked in the pool, hopefully, or in the ocean. I don't know. Yeah, one body of water is definitely needed. 108 sounds pretty miserable. I am also very happy to miss that. Or I tried, remember, I told you, I didn't tell you how it went. We were going later that day to try out um, 
cryotherapy because we had a friend who knew who worked there. That would be pretty fun time to try cryotherapy. <laughs> the the chamber is 150 degrees below and you go oh in for God. three minutes. Ali and I went in together, which was pretty funny. Three minutes. Three minutes. They let you pick a song to help like get you through being cold, which was pretty fun. And you do have on kind of long socks, a mask, and a headband to cover your ears. And you still wear, like I still wear shorts and a sports bra. Um, but you feel amazing after. And that would definitely cool you down. So I can send so you the place. You, so you overall liked it. You did the full three minutes. Like, did you, was it like unbearable? Or was it actually like, oh, I can do this. And you like adjusted to it. I would say I was very nervous to do it, thinking it was going to be really painful. And they do say, like, you can leave at any time. But doing it with someone made it easier, I will definitely say. So I recommend that if you could go with a friend. And the beginning was, like, very bearable. It's really the last half or the last minute that you feel just really cold. You can kind of bob around, move around. Um, But my arms kind of felt the feeling that they were fully asleep. Because they say, like, all your blood drains to, like, your internal organs to protect them. So your limbs get kind of that numb feeling. And then right when you walk out, it, like, all rushes back. But you feel, like, this rush of endorphins and energy after. So I also wonder if a little bit of that, like, blacks out if, like, how cold I was. Because I felt so good after, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why do people do this? Okay, so <laughs> why do they want to do this? <laughs> I think there was a handful of things. So they said like injury recovery it can help with. Um, it can apparently can help with like weight loss. It can help with like immunity benefits of like hot cold therapy instead of like a cold plunge, which can be like fifteen to twenty minutes, and you obviously have to get wet and then you have to dry off. This is just dry. You can be in and out of that building that experience in ten minutes. So I think the convenience factor of it. Um, they were saying people do it when they're hungover and it's a way to like help cure a hangover a little oh, bit. Damn. Um, but the music for sure helps. It sounded like the craziest people were the ones they said who sit in there in complete silence and meditate. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a no for me. But like maybe if it's offered and now knowing this music tip I think and then going with somebody I have to take all of your tips yes. basically take all of the tips and pick a great song <laughs> we picked uh Stronger by Britney Spears which was <laughs> a fun one and then our friend who went before us picked like the Mamma Mia theme song and they have a list of popular song choices that were pretty funny so if that 109 degree heat really is killing you yeah you have yeah. this in your back pocket we shall see. Yes. Um, overall, though, what else is going on? What else is up? Oh, man. Um, I feel like I cannot believe we are already at the end of August. When this comes out, it'll be September. And that's really crazy to me. Um, going through kind of this in-between time for me from a grief perspective where the it was like her birthday, Mother's Day, and the death anniversary were all really close together. And then I have this kind of gap. And then I would say my birthday and then the holidays are kind of at the end of the year. But I'm kind of in this gap period where the things that have come up or it was just my parents' wedding anniversary, which 
is definitely a sad one and I'm aware of it, but obviously my dad would feel, does feel that one a lot more, but I still do feel it, you know, because I still, you know, people post like happy anniversary to their parents on social media or it's something I would have, you know, obviously texted both of them. We got to dinner, like there was still things associated with it and their marriage was so solid that it was still, you know, like a fun, exciting day to celebrate. And I definitely did just feel very like meh and like lack of energy that day, which is one of those. And I know, and talking to therapists and stuff like that, that that is a result of grief, that tiredness. But because my personality type is to very much, you know, be a doer and be efficient and be productive, that tiredness is a very, I almost get angry that I'm feeling that way. And I had a bigger surge of that kind of tired lethargicness more close to the actual time she passed in that first kind of winter. I feel like I felt that stronger. But I don't know if you get that tiredness as a result of grief. Because for me, that naturally did not make sense linking. I was like, why am I tired? But there's like, your your emotions are drained mentally. It's processing in the background. And so it's taking energy away. And I still have a hard time kind of like accepting that that's a part of grief and I need to let myself rest. That's interesting that you brought that up. Um, I... I don't think I realized that until way later, um, but I do think that probably it's more so linked to anxiety that I have also as a result of grief, too. Um, I know that, or I guess you can definitely experience that tiredness, and it's really in, like blatant when you have an anxiety attack. Um, because I, I don't know if you've ever had an anxiety attack, but I, when I have had one, it's like this rush of emotions and your heart is palpitating and all of this stuff. And uh, for me, my anxiety attacks result in like me crying and it'll be for a period of time. And then like the minute it, it is done, it's like, I will fall asleep immediately Oh wow! because your body just went through an insane, insane rush of, it's, it's as if it's like ran a marathon inside of your body or your mind and then you just collapse because you're so tired after because of the rush of everything that was going on in your body so I think that there's like some science obviously actually behind it and makes sense that your grief is connected in that way too um I've only kind of ever seen it in the more very intense moments like I said like kind of like an anxiety attack but I think being lethargic in general can be like a symptom of grief for sure like I know it's a symptom and I'm not saying grief equals depression but I know with depression it's for sure a symptom but there's some there's maybe some sort of links there um how we're affected mentally and that uh the being tired and all of that being connected to it I'm sure there's a connection with grief too yeah for sure and it's you know one I actually have never had a panic attack I feel like I've had or an anxiety attack I've had I would feel like intense periods of being anxious, but based on the way you're describing it and how I understand it, I don't think I've ever had an actual attack. So that's really interesting, like on the more intense scale, like where it's like that huge burst and then the huge drop of exhaustion. It, it, but you at least know, I don't know if you knew at the time, that they are very much connected, right? Like that tiredness doesn't take you kind of off guard. You're like, I'm having a normal day. Why am I this very tired? So I think that's part of that I've struggled with. And 
I have seen on other kind of like grief groups and grief pages that I've seen people commenting that too about sometimes the burst of tiredness will come and I don't know the right if there's a solution or like a thing that I can actually do other than just try to lean into it and let myself kind of chill if I need to chill. But that's definitely one that is harder for me to mentally connect. Um, And it like this one was just really for the day. So it made a little bit more sense. But back this past like holiday season, like I would say almost all of November, December, kind of on and off, I was more in that like downward slump. And yeah, the word depression definitely is usually tied to being lethargic. And I've never felt like depressed. Like I've said on here before, I definitely lean way more on the anxiety side of the spectrum than depressed, but that could also be mixed in. It's just a fun mental cocktail of things to deal with where it's not like it's debilitating. Like I can still live life, but it is frustrating to feel kind of knocked down by that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I can imagine also it could because we're expected to work like the full week. And so it's like, even if you wanted to lean into it, like how many days can you really take to just sleep or recover or, or you listen to your body, what it's telling you to like, and it doesn't sound like it's accompanied by sadness per se, just more so the physical um, feelings. Or, and so, yeah, I could imagine how that would be hard to like, what's the solve here? And, and, and I, and I truly don't know. It's something maybe therapy probably is a good resource there. Um, but if, if it were me, I would be like landing into it too. And just taking care, like my body's clearly telling me something. And so I would be listening to it, but okay, you can only do so much, um, when you're working like full time yes, too. And can't just like stop your whole life and everything. Um, I was going to ask you also before we get too far down, um, because we were, we were saying it's good that we're checking in with each other. Our last two episodes have had guests, which the guests have been amazing. And I think we all really enjoyed those conversations, being able to hear another perspective. And all of us were able to take something different away from it and relate in some ways and learn in some ways. And what was I wanted to just follow up after the episode with Shane. So this that would be two episodes before this one, um, because that was your really good family friend. And just if you had talks with him after what his experience was being on the episode, if we absolutely like crushed him with questions and how you were feeling and like if it allowed you guys to like talk about more things or your friends to talk to you guys about anything else. Yeah, I we didn't talk too much after. Um, he was actually getting on a plane the next morning on a vacation. So he literally like, I feel like got all of his trauma out and then just like set <laughs> on him, like went to Cabo and had like it. a relaxing vacay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm really jealous. Um, but I do know that, and I think he'd be okay for me to share that that was the first time he was kind of talking about his experience with strangers. Oh, wow. Like, so not that was something friends. I was really, yeah. 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 Wow. Um, so that was something I, wanted to check in about but honestly I think he appreciated it so much I don't think that he grilled you he thinks that you guys grilled him <laughs> okay, um I feel like and even if so I think he like enjoyed answering questions and talking about it because and maybe that's um presumptive of me but I feel like when I get grilled questions I get to like almost 
have this power in my story of like, oh, let me tell you this and let me tell you how I feel about that. And like, because no one usually maybe asks you about those things because people are scared to ask. And so it's almost like you get to finally say all these things that you've been wanting to say, just like with this whole podcast um, that you haven't been able to before. So it's because I'm pretty sure I, I am sure his friends are checking in on him and his family members for sure. They're really close and, and things like that. But I, I could guarantee that the types of questions that we're asking aren't going to be handed to him not as nonchalantly as you could on a podcast about grief. So I feel like he overall probably enjoyed that. That is a very good point because especially if you're not fresh in it, people will still kind of check in or they'll say like, I'm thinking of you, but it's not like they're sitting you down and asking you, how did you feel this? When did this happen? What was your dad like here? And I, with you, it's like you're almost, your mind is spending so much time thinking about it. Like, I I mean, at least for me still, like I still think about my mom every day. At some point every day, something makes me think of her in some way. It could be fleeting. It's not like I get sad every time I think about her, but every day. So it's like, it's, you know, for him, it was his dad. It seems like he's still very connected with, you know, working the same place he did. So I'm sure he's thinking about his dad all the time. And if it's one of those things that are just kind of beaten around the bush or people don't really acknowledge it anymore because enough years have gone by, he's probably sitting with it in his head, which I, I can relate to. And so, yeah, hopefully the idea of like we were digging into that and he was just finally able to speak to it. It's not fun stuff to speak about, but when something is taking up so much headspace, it just naturally feels good to release it. Um and you're longer down the path than both he and I and Mad. So I don't know if that you tell me, does that slowly start to fade or do you still, because you get fewer people asking you about it as time goes on, that headspace is still there, but not tapped into. Yeah, I think that's a great question because I actually was going to respond to that in terms of because it's been so long, there are definitely days that I don't think about him. And, and I think that the first time we remember looking back and thinking, oh my God, I didn't think about my dad yesterday. Like I felt so guilty about that. And, and I just want to definitely put that out there of like, that is totally okay. You deserve to like have joy in your day and not have it be like just completely bumped, like dysregulated by a grief thought or a grief bomb that's going off. And I'm not saying that you're living in like a war zone every day in your head. I I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I don't know. You can tell me, but I do think that there comes a point where you start, it starts to, it does definitely start to fade. And after so many years, I mean, I'm like about to be 16 years in and I just think like, there are, you could go months without thinking about it. I, I I probably don't. If I look back on it, I probably don't. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's a thing that happens to people. Um, and that doesn't mean that you love that person any less or that you, that your relationship with them meant less or anything like that. I think it's just truly us carrying out our lives and focusing on the present. And I really think that that's important with grief too, because how else do you really move forward if you're only reflecting on the past? Um, Obviously you should cherish all of your memories and all of those things from the past, but I think it is something that 
and maybe isn't so spoken about of like you will there will be a day where you don't think about it and that's totally okay um for me I first viewed it as like being really really guilty especially because I was so young so I feel like I force myself to hold on to the memories even more so because I'm like I'm gonna forget them as I grow older like like that's terrifies me um whereas like if you have more years there's a bigger bank to pull from you know right. um whereas I just have so many limited and so that terrified me of like the first time not remembering because I was like this is the end like this is the future I'm never gonna remember anything and then it's just gonna be like this person was never really like who was this person to me because I can't remember anymore but luckily it hasn't been like that I've I've really held on to those memories um I think I've talked about this before I did some sort of like grief jar where I gathered a lot of family members um like tales of my dad and things stories that they had and funny things to pull from so I could either learn more about it or just kind of um reframe my grief when I was thinking of it in a sad way with a happy moment um about my dad and I I thought that was really cool concept that I forgot where I learned that from but so I've had that so I have things that keep his memory alive but I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily thinking about it every day I will say though to this last point um the headspace is always there and that's the whole reason for me coming out with the podcast even like 15 years later is because it's still inside of me untapped and it feels like it it needs to be tapped into still in some certain way it doesn't have to always be um us recording or talking about it can be in other ways but i do think that that lives with you forever no, those are all so many, so many good points. Um, I'm glad you brought up the grief jar again because you did talk about it, but I think it was a while ago now. So that's just a really good reminder. And I really love that as a really good tangible idea, like you said, a way to one gather and learn happy memories because you're not with the person 100% of their life, never leaving their side. Like they have moments that are fun and funny and other areas and being able to collect those stories is really special. Um, and to write it down, I can only imagine and the logic makes complete sense. Like if I were in your shoes, the whole like being so terrified of forgetting being at a younger age, like uh, I've even had that fear of like, am I going to forget this? Am I going to forget that? Like, this is silly. I have like a random like couple year span of my like late teens, early 20s, where my phone had water damage. So I lost pictures from a huge chunk. And it's crazy how much your camera roll on your phone shapes your memories and helps you remember things. And I have a few years where I and so I freaked out that I'm like, I went through a phase where I like asked some different friends like, hey, do you have pictures that include me and like family members from that time? And so like, I can only imagine you being as young as you were and like thinking of it that way and just so badly wanting to not forget. And it's one of those you always think like, there's no way I will, but like it is possible too. And um, that brings me to, which I haven't talked about yet, but my grandma really sweetly sent this book called The Modern Loss Handbook, which is says it's an interactive guide to moving through grief and building your resilience. And she saw it on like the Today Show or one of those like morning talk shows. And 
I have not finished it yet, but I do think as the title says, it's a very modern approach. And I think it does align well with the podcast and what we're doing. And in one of the first sections to our points about like, um, I don't want to forget things. I don't want to remember all the little things. They have a whole section um, where it's like, what was, um, and like, there's all these journal prompts, like list five to 10 qualities you think they embody the good, the bad, the ugly. What did you love most about your person? What's one thing that always reminds you? What's one thing that annoyed you about your person? What's the, you know, there's like all these questions and it gets really granular to try to remember, like not only details, but like feelings and qualities. Um, and so you have this keepsake and Frankly, I've read through this, but I, I wasn't writing in it yet. But I, I think it would be a good idea too, just to have it as a record again. To the point of like, you think you'll remember all these things, but maybe, maybe you won't. Um, and so I still have like a good amount to go. It looks like they cover, you know, like all the different types of therapy um, practices and tricks to get through hard days, like how to manage your friendship. So I definitely think there's a lot of alignment. I'm sure I'll get more inspiration from there. But that just made me think of that, that maybe whether it's that or like just a journal of like writing more things down so you don't feel that stress that you're going to forget things. I know like I've now tried to back up um, photos and download text messages and save voicemails like pretty quickly after she passed, I definitely had all those thoughts of like, I can't lose these things. So I'm going to try to cling to as many things that I can. And not to say that I like, am at a place where I'm like really referencing them all the time, but just to like, know I could, I could have them. Um, and then lastly, also a good point that just as time goes by, you, you just are going to think of them less. And it doesn't mean you love the person any less or miss them any less. It's just, you said like moving forward with your life and just acknowledging that subconsciously you'll always have it running. Like I, we maybe use this analogy already. Um, but the one that I read somewhere about like hearing your refrigerator running where it's like, it's always running. Sometimes you're paying attention to it and you can hear it, but a lot of times you can't hear it. And just like when it's newer, you can hear it a lot more often. And like I said too, when I think of it, when I, or when I think of her, it's even different than when I thought of her, you know, six months ago and eight months ago, like even as I'm progressing. And one last point too, um, I'm going back to the the house that my the house I grew up in um, this weekend for a little bit. And I actually very weirdly have not been back just because of life and work since like mid-February. So I think that's the longest time I've maybe gone without being there. And it's definitely obviously a lot of happy memories, but also still triggering, you know, like I'm in a different apartment in a different city with kind of no physical memory and going back and staying there just has pretty much every memory. So, um, thinking of her will feel very different there than it does here. So it's interesting, you know, I know you are currently at your house and you're, you know, one day you won't be. And so thinking about like how that'll shape your grief thought patterns is kind of interesting too. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, I, de I do follow the Modern Loss account oh, cool. on Instagram. And I, um, and I think, and I've read a couple of, I think her name is Rebecca Sofer, um, is the author's like stories and experiences. And when I first started learning about more like the science of grief. That was actually one of the first resources was as 
I heard about this book, but I hadn't actually, I still haven't read it or the handbook or anything like that, but I um, learned more about her and her story and kind of the background of the Instagram handle just because it had a lot of tidbits of information that I think come from her published works. So we can definitely share that also on our handle because I think it's really cool um, things that they have done. And that's where I learned about this other thing, and I'm definitely going. We're just yeah, going it's on great. We're today, all over the place. But I learned about <laughs> I learned about um, the dinner party, which um, organization through Modern Loss, which again we can also link. But that is an organization that kind of connects people who have lost a significant person in their lives and or like holidays, it might be tougher, or they might be by themselves and really in that early stages of grief and just kind of reflecting on that. And you kind of do an exchange with somebody else. So for Father's Day, there will be like a Father's Day exchange and people who have lost like their dads get to send either like photos or something to another person. And it's kind of like keeping this memory alive within the community. Um, And they also will host like a virtual dinner party where like all of these people can come and kind of talk about their memories of their dad or what they want to um how they're feeling this father's day etc etc it's a such a cool concept and it's open to anybody i think all ages uh adult ages that people want to express you know their grief or their feelings and they don't have that outlet to this is kind of the perfect community especially knowing that you probably feel more comfortable with people who have related to you and gone through that experience they kind of host these virtual dinner parties um i'm not sure how often they happen but i do know that they they have those exchanges on major holidays and things like that and i think around the actual holidays too it's really important because it's such a time of connecting with family and feeling connected and stuff and some people don't have any like truly any families to um, be with during the holidays. So that's another um, big motivation for hosting these kind of virtual dinner parties. So that's one thing. Um, and then I all already forgot what your last point was, which I can't remember. Yeah, now. The yeah, house, yeah, yeah. The house. Um, yeah, I do. I think it's interesting. I think that because you're in your like first initial years now, um, that I think that the house might be a little bit more so a symbol of your grief and kind of the memories and relationships there. Whereas mine, it was like here, at least for me, it's everything I've ever really known. I grew up in this house and like, I probably now spent more years here, um, without my dad than with my dad, which is very weird too. But so in a sense, I feel like that's more so associated with kind of the house is more associated with your mom in that aspect because of how many years you spent there um, with her and seeing her in that environment for sure. So I'm interested to see how that kind of journey goes for you moving forward of like, is it an added layer all the time? Does it get easier? Like just with any, anything with grief, like I'm not sure actually how it will pan out. Yeah, and actually we're starting, you know, nothing's final or anything, but we are starting to have conversations. Um, You know, my dad is going to plan to leave the house and it's a matter now of not if, but when, and, you know, not in like this calendar year, that would be very fast, but like it it could be next year depending on, you know, like he's not going to rush out. He would need to find somewhere still in the area, but that, you know, makes sense for, for him. But 
knowing that that's on the table for something that could happen on the sooner side is definitely a lot to process. Like the only house I had lived in, um, you know, all of the memories, the the idea that I could have, you know, they could have stayed there for God knows how many years. And I think it's the, like, I don't fault my dad for wanting to leave. I completely understand and support it. And, and honestly, makes a lot of sense. Like it doesn't really make sense for him to be in this house anymore. Um, so I get it. But, and we, we've all, my dad, sister, and I have all said that it, it'll feel like another mini loss, like when the time comes to leave the house, just because of all of the memories and everything in it. And when that time comes, that'll definitely be a grief hurdle, I'm sure. And I'll be very excited for him to like, kind of have his own place and, you know, make new memories and still bring elements of the home there. And, but like, it'll be really weird. Really, really weird. Yeah. I think that that's going to be a grievance on its own. It's like a whole nother um, aspect to grieve. And there are so many things that you end up grieving, like besides the person that come attached to the person and that the house is one of them. Um, I mean, the list goes on. There's like your life with them. For my dad, it was like he was the breadwinner of the family. And so our kind of financial status changed. That's also something that isn't spoken about a lot. Um, and definitely like things changed after that. And I'm not, not saying like I I definitely was still very privileged and I lived a re- and I had a really great upbringing. Um, but I, but it definitely shifted drastically after that. I'm trying to think of like other things that shift after with like with that person or that life that you used to live. Um, I mean, I think for me also, I kind of talked about like it almost felt like childhood ended at that point, and then I started like becoming an adult. Um, and I had to mature a lot faster. So that kind of aspect of it. Um, but yeah, there's so many other things that I feel like people don't think about or talk about, um, that are attached to losing a person as well. So I feel like it's, it's just a part, another process of the whole grief process. (laughs) Yeah, no, those are big ones. And the financial status is a big one that I'm sure doesn't get talked about. You have two taboo topics there, finances and grief. So that's doubly, you know, people are probably shying away from talking about that. But that's something that drastically shifts somebody's life and mental well-being and, you know, how you operate in your day to day, like that impacts everything. So that's a huge one. And then not to mention you were so young. So whatever extent of an understanding of finances you even had then and like how that grew as you got older, um, super different and is not comparable, but in a weird way, also not that I still felt like a true child, but like a version of being any version left that I had, of feeling like a kid still definitely ended. Um, like even even little things like hearing people say like, oh yeah, like I'm going to see my parents this weekend, like not using the word parents really yeah. anymore. Like sure in the past tense, but 
like weird, weird things like that. And then, yeah, like we've said, and we've talked and addressed like a lot of the different holidays and main milestones and, you know, everything from weddings and grad days and birthday, like all of that, you, you have different experience of those days. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, and we're just not thinking of all of them, but there is a long list of other things you lose. And we've talked about too, how it does change your identity. It changes your role in your family and how you kind of function yourself because, you know, every person in a core family unit, like plays a big role and weight in that family equation. And the equation just becomes unbalanced when you lose somebody. It just does. Um, and I think I've talked about this before, but, um, my mom's mom who is still with us, um, but she had a bad fall a couple years ago. And unfortunately her health has just been declining more and the, the, you know, burden of taking not, of course, love to be taking care of her burden is not the most appropriate word, but it also can be for my two aunts who take care of her. And I obviously still love seeing her and spending time with her whenever I can, but it also is really hard to see her declining. And as we, you know, have both experienced, like we watched our parent decline and just like watching that gradual process of somebody you love and care about, who's been like a pillar in your life, start to decline. And while you know, it doesn't make it easier. Like, yes, it's a grandmother. So that falls more in that like stereotypical category of like, you expect that at this time in your life. Um, but it's still hard. So, and, and seeing it after my mom having passed, it's just like, it'll be another big shift in that family equation for sure, because my grandpa has already passed. So the idea of both of them being gone is really hard to think about. Um, and, the anger towards incurable illnesses and just how frustrating it is. I was talking about that with one of my friends with like somebody in her family. And it's just also things that like, sure, you see like, oh, today's like childhood cancer awareness day or it's breast cancer month. And the general population maybe knows of diseases as like they're months we celebrate and we wear this color and we wear this ribbon, but actually being exposed to you know, what Parkinson's is like, what cancer is like, what all these, you know, horrible diseases are like, um, that shifts your kind of mental perception a little bit too. And that chips away as you have more exposure to that. Yeah. I think like cancer is probably the biggest one where I would be pretty confident in saying nine out of 10 people know somebody that is affected by that. So like, I do think that they, that there's a level of it. I'm not saying everybody is on the levels that we have been yeah, exposed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, that's a good and point. definitely, um, I think like people know about it, but it is interesting, like with like different, so, like kind of supporting all of these different diseases and illnesses at different times, like Parkinson's to me doesn't mean anything, but like to you it can. And I think in those types of maybe more, maybe it's a less, uh, oh my God, what's the right word? Less common than yes, cancer yes, uh, yes. diagnosis is. Um, then I do, I do feel like it's crazy how it's a month that's driving awareness. And if you're not 
immediately affected by it. It's such a different perception in your head than when you are immediately affected by it. Like you are the one that's really getting involved or wanting to see like what companies are doing to support and things like that. Whereas like it would just be another month like generating awareness for another disease for somebody that isn't affected by it immediately affected by it so it is really interesting um have there been any other like kind of shifting gears now I guess things and just this kind of lull that you've you've been in it's kind of crazy that all of those dates like your mom's birthday mother's day and anniversary all fall around the same time frame and it'll be interesting to see like years to come like if it's just always this like one month uh days that you're always kind of like anticipating and then it's like drops off from there and then it doesn't pick up until the holidays or whatever if that stays consistent or if it's really just sporadic because it could be like that um it's it is just very that's a lot and especially for the first year I just want to acknowledge that that that's a lot it's not even spread out it's like all at once um but sometimes it's like rip the band-aid off and just like get it yeah, all yeah. with kind of thing because then it's like like you're hit with the grief like so many times in the year maybe I don't know there's like ways you can twist it for sure um but have you felt anything like recently I don't know um it definitely is like a rip the band-aid off in a weird way it being a little bit more condensed like kind of weirdly works out and then having the holidays be more condensed kind of works out but yeah this in between time um things definitely still have come up. Like there's also already like talks about plans for holidays. So it's like even slowly start thinking about, okay, another set of holidays are coming and she won't be there. Um, I've been on a few dates here and there. And as we've talked about, like it definitely in early dates does come up. Um, And in one example is actually – kind of interesting. So we went on a first date, um, you know, went well enough, didn't, nothing came up. And then the second date, he was actually opening up about some family stuff on his end and like went pretty in depth about it. Um, and then was kind of like, how about you? And so I felt like, you know, he had just opened up. He was asking me directly. Like it was one of those where I was like, it kind of would have felt weird at that moment to skirt away from it. So I kind of made a joke like, oh, like buckle up, like have a sip of your wine. But then I did tell him and he was really sweet about it. Um, but he did say something interesting, which was something along the lines of like, oh, like I wouldn't have expected this from you from the last date or like from the last time we talked. And I had I kind of asked him after like, oh, have you ever like lost someone close to you? And he was like, no. Um So to me, I thought that was so interesting that his perception was to have gone something through or to have gone through something that was sad. But I obviously on a first date, I'm not going to be this like, I don't know, like dreary, crying, depressed person. Like I'm still me, like a normal person going on a first date, having a drink, like having fun, trying, you know, trying to get to know someone. So he kind of said it and then he carried on and he he did to be to his credit like the the next day he followed up by like sending nice texts about it and like linked an article about grief and I, I'm not seeing him anymore which is totally fine but in that moment it was very much like oh I wouldn't have expected that and it just shows I guess 
you never really know what's going on with someone. I don't know what the takeaway was there, but I just thought that that was so interesting that he said that. I think that, you know, I'm sure that that thought is so commonly in people's brains when you when we bring these things up it's interesting that he said it out yeah yeah the no filter that's the weird part (laughs) yeah Yeah, it just it just like came out of his mouth like I don't know if it was he genuinely like regretted like saying that later on was like why did I say that I don't know or maybe he genuinely was like wanted to like mention as a compliment in a sense but like yeah you're right like what do you expect me to be just like this really like torn up person while I'm going on a date with you like that's another time another place kind of thing like there yes grief can seep in into many different moments but it's like that's not with a stranger it's really really hard to get there in the very beginning um unless there's like something that's like a common commonality between you two or whatever but yeah I think that was like the weird thing but I'm I'm positive that on the dates that I've been on when I say something like that that I feel like people have had that thought in their head oh I never would have expected that yeah and also it's like maybe you also just wouldn't have expected that because of the like our age because we're like younger which is again like yeah that's understandable but it's it's just a thought that you have in your head and not really you know, I don't feel like you say it out loud and that's now that you say it that way it's kind of adding up because he said some other things that aren't related to grief that I don't need to share. But he said some other things that I was like, those are things that you maybe keep in your head that like felt like he maybe just was one of those people who didn't have a big filter and just kind of said whatever he was thinking. Um, But you're right. I guess you do think that for no other reason than, yeah, maybe age or maybe we all, until you experience it yourself, like everyone just has this perception of what, grief looks like or could look like. And then when they see that you're like a normal functioning human, like you said, I think it comes from a good place of thinking like, oh, you can adjust, you're normal, you're resilient, whatever, like the actual thought behind it is. But the way he said it, it was just very... Wait, and you said that he, had he gone through like a big loss? No, And so that was why that was my first follow-up question. I was like... Before I answer, like, have you, because I was like, I felt, I got the sense, like, to, again, to no fault or anything, but I was like, I don't think you've gone through this. Right. And yeah, I think, like, I think he meant it from a way of, like, being impressed, but there's other ways to communicate that. And again, it's not like I was actually, like, hurt or, like, threw me off in a way where I was like, oh, I hate him now. It was just, like, kind of funny because I'm still new to dating where I'm sharing this. And so to hear different people's responses has been interesting. And then I, I did go on another date, but it was just a first date. So it didn't come up and that, that's all it was. And, you know, it was one of those where, like we said, I, I think I love the idea of not having to talk about it at all on a first date, honestly, a second date too, ideally, unless it's brought up that directly. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's the in-between time and thinking about just the random reasons why my mom will pop into my head and, you know, reaching out to, you know, some of her friends or like we've said, like iPhone shows you a picture, which I still haven't changed those settings. We said we were going to look at those settings. And so just kind of dealing with like, okay, this is what like a daily reminder is or what a daily uh, experience with grief where it's not so crazy intense or Mother's Day where it's so in your face. Right. Um, 
but just kind of dealing with it while I'm also, yeah, working a full-time job and having friendships and doing stuff with my family. And I will go like long periods of time. It's not like I'm, I think about her 24 seven, but yeah, it's just, it's it, but it's still there. And outside of, you know, the podcast, or maybe I mentioned something to my family, I don't really talk about it, but it goes back actually having a common thread through this semi chaotic conversation, the headspace that it takes up. And so finding ways to be able to release that headspace is helpful. Um, I think you had teased or we talked a little bit about that you have an anniversary coming up as well. Yeah, I have one in about two, no, and next week. Um, And so for, so I do have like kind of like a big moment coming up per se, Um, but I do think that the days leading up into it, I think about it more because the date, you just start like seeing the date everywhere and like hearing about the date. And um, I'm going to be at a bachelorette in Miami. So like similar to your stagecoach experience, like very different environment than like. Ooh, what yeah, you need to create some space for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like, again, I think I've just had my, I because I, this isn't my first rodeo, like it's so many years in that like if I knocked down every event that was happening during that day, there would be a lot of things I'd be missing out on that I would actually want to be a part of. And so I definitely don't like not do things because they fall on that day. Um, Again, it's just a day. And if you wanted to honor the person, you can do that on any other day. And And it's like the shittiest one. And like, that's the one that you get like, I feel like the biggest pass to like delay or move up or do whatever you want. Um, Cause nobody else knows that it's like, it's like a national like holiday. It's like, it's truly only known to your family and people that know you and know about the day. Um, I will say that my friend who I met in college uh, through Camp Kesem, um is very, very good about keeping all of her friends' anniversaries in her phone um, of their, like, loved ones. And it became kind of, like, a tradition in a sense that we spend the day together and doing things either, like, in memory of my dad or just, like, anything that I want to do that sounds fun that day. So, like, we've gone to a Dodgers Giants game, actually. Um, And there was – it was crazy that we went to a Dodgers Giants game one time and I saw somebody wearing the, a jersey with my last name on it. And that was like so weird to me. Yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, sidebar, my like great grandfather had, I'm pretty sure like between 18 to 20 children, which is oh, wow, <laughs> insane. Yes. That's a fun, fun fact. You have a big family tree out there. So huge family tree. Yes. But like, they're probably also in Guatemala. Like, I don't know how many of them have like come over to America, but I saw somebody with my last name and I was like, first of all, that person must be related to me somehow through that chain and like family tree. But also, you gotta get that twenty three and me up and running. I know, I know, I know. It says I have like a thousand cousins, basically. (laughs) Um, But I saw that jersey on the day of my dad's anniversary, which I thought was just like a really cool like symbol or sign. If you want to take that, Um, so there've been like things like like we've done that in the past, or just gone out to like 
from my dad really loved like freshly squeezed making freshly squeezed orange juice so like that's something I try to have on that day um and just wherever I can or make it myself even though I don't think I've ever really made it myself um (laughs) but just things like that like we I, I I know that my friend has like she always reaches out every year with like wanting to see what I'm doing if we're still up for a plan and it's already like kind of marked in her calendar so I really really appreciate that um and I'm very grateful to have her in my life and I remember posting about it once because I just was in like awe of how much I was taken care of in a sense or just like loved by my friend by doing this act and she never knew my dad met me in college so it's kind of like a later friend per se in my life you know um and has only known me so many years and my grief journey granted camp kesem you have those conversations that are a lot deeper it's where you're getting to know the thoughts and the feelings first and then the other stuff later um so i will say she knows that those parts about me um but yeah I just think that that's kind of been like my routine and my anniversary with the anniversary of it all but this year like I said I will be sipping on tequila on a boat in Miami so very different but I'm sure I'll do maybe something else around the day and also if not that's fine too yes it goes back to the great point you made about Father's Day I believe where you were like you just because a day is approaching doesn't mean you need to put pressure on yourself to do all of these things to honor that person. And if you don't, then you don't love them and you're not honoring the day. Like you can honor that person however you want, does not have to be on the day. And yeah, but on the flip side, if the feelings are there and you're at a bachelorette party and everyone's trying to, you know, go crazy and you're like, whoa, I need to take a second. Also, hopefully, as you said, not your first rodeo, you'll be able to like, I'm going to go on a walk for a sec and then I'll, you know, or whatever you need. Um, You said that this year was not a big year, but next year is, or what were you saying about the the milestone? Oh no, I actually was saying, um, it's not really necessarily a milestone, but just something I was reflecting on as like, I started seeing the date come up was like, this is the first year of me having this podcast and going through this anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which is very interesting because I – and I feel like maybe that is not relevant at all, which is interesting for you that you've only had an anniversary Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only had with the podcast, but that it's like a huge part of your life. And now this thing that you've always wanted to do or for many years wanted to do, and it's here. Yeah, I just think that – that's kind of the more the milestone with it of like there have been so many years where I've like maybe processed a lot of my thoughts and stuff internally and they appear on the anniversary day like in my head or something and like just because it's that time to think about it almost like in my head it's like this alarm clock like going off whereas now we're normalizing it so much and talking about it on a bi-weekly basis that it's like I don't have as many of those jumbled up thoughts like all at once on that one day like I'm actually I like we said like attending to that headspace like all year long and so it is kind of interesting where I just feel like I don't know if it's just like less heavy maybe because I'm getting so much stuff out and because I was able to like pursue this dream of mine and being able to like get people on board and actually like have it come to life I think is so cool and I also think like 
sharing it with my dad is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, not to get too emotional on that front, but it is something that I've been like, when do I kind of like talk to him about this, even though I'm sure he's looking down. I believe that he's looking down and obviously knows that it's happening or whatever, but I haven't, I don't think I've directly like spoken to him about it and interested. I don't know if that's something that you do with your grief. If you like talk to your mom or visit or like even in your head, not even verbally, um, if the podcast has ever been something that you would bring up, if that's something you do. Yeah. Well, first, I think it is really cool that we're going to start hitting a full calendar year. Like once we have hit the podcast year anniversary that everyone's dates and all the milestones will be like plugged in and just that it's something that you've been thinking about and wanting to happen. And I think that's such an amazing outcome of that this podcast. Like if nothing else, that if you feel less heavy and less weighed down approaching the day because you've had these bi-weekly check-ins for now many months, like we've, it's crazy. We've been doing this now since March and have been so consistent with it. So just acknowledging that if nothing else comes out of this podcast, but you already feeling less heavy coming into it, like that's pretty damn amazing. And that is such an interesting question. I do I do talk to her um, and I don't know if I verbally have said that on the podcast, but honestly hearing Shane talk about that with such confidence kind of helped normalize it for me a little bit to be able to say that. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Like little stuff in my head, like if it's a funny thing or like, you know, whatever. Um, I, I only really, (laughs) I'll be just very honest. I only really do the like out loud talking if I'm, completely home by myself because I've been joking with some of my friends that like I love being around people and I can just like go a little crazy when I spend too much time by myself anyway. So maybe that's just a sign of me going a little bit crazy, but (laughs) I have not actually verbally talked about the podcast. I also kind of have the feeling because of course when doing the podcast, I'm thinking about her that it's just one of those you know, and whatever we all believe and whatever, however she knows, she knows. And I think would be like, think really positively about it, would be really happy about it and proud and all that stuff. So I do kind of just think about that, but I, I definitely don't, I've never talked about it, but I think that that will be because it's something that's, you've really been thinking about for a long time and you started to do and then you couldn't do and you put the work in to post about it and get us together and like you led the charge on it that whenever that time comes when you are ready to talk about it I think will be very special whenever you do. Yeah, it's something that I hadn't been thinking about at all because I don't think that I talk to my dad that often to be honest. I it's almost like I avoid yeah, it in a I sense, I'll admit. Um, yeah. Um, I think in the beginning of my grief journey, it felt like sometimes because I was a child that I was like, for, like people were 
looking to me to see if that's something I wanted to do or it almost felt like all eyes on me about like talking to my dad like how many times have you visited the cemetery or like have you gone recently or like don't you want to say something to your dad as if someone was there which really sucked when I was younger because I was like this is a private moment between me and my dad and and if I want to do that I definitely don't want to do it in front of people and and that, and even when I'm alone, I still feel weird about the talking verbally out loud part. <laughs> me too. Um, me so, too. <laughs> that helps me yeah. to know that. Too. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it does. It's very weird. Um, but I, again, like, yeah, as you said, I think the Shane conversation really uh, definitely opened my eyes up to it a little bit. And there are days and times where I will go visit the cemetery and talk to him out loud. I think I do a lot of the talking inside of my head, whether you believe that to be like I he's actually hearing me or not. Um, but I, I believe it. And so I feel like a lot of that happens internally. All that to say, when it does happen, it's rare. I will say that. And so I haven't thought about this, like bringing up the podcast thing at all. But for some reason, the anniversary triggered that thought. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's just because, like, for me, that's my big milestone versus, like, a Father's Day or I, I guess, at the, yeah, at the time of his birthday, we wouldn't, we hadn't started recording yet. Um, so that, it might just be the first, like, major milestone for me that, that the podcast has been born for. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's something that I, that has come up recently. I don't even know what my emotions are, how strong they'll be. They're kind of already taking me unexpectedly when like even discussing it right now. So maybe it is something deeper that I didn't even think about. It's just, yeah, one of those waves that, you know, is it, you don't know it's going to hit you and it's just, it just does. It just does out of nowhere. Yeah. You think you're totally fine about something. And then, yeah, I was in therapy. I'm going a lot less, but I still have kind of like a monthly check-in and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I think I'm good to pretty much like wrap up therapy. And then we talked about like one thing and I was getting emotional and I was like, okay, I guess I shouldn't stop going. I didn't think that was a thing that I was even that sad about, but apparently I am. My therapist was like laughing at me. She's like, whatever you want, like kind of a thing. But it is so sneaky how that can happen or how you can trick yourself into thinking whether you're like tricking yourself into suppressing it or you just you naturally suppress it. Um, you know, like I definitely I think I've said too, like I I try in life in general to be like very positive, very glass half full, very high, like high energy. So sometimes if like and I now get this way when I see like really sad things in the news or I see like really bad sad things, I honestly, which isn't also like the best way to do it. I just try to suppress it or ignore it because I'm like, not happy, not positive. I don't need this in my life right now. Obviously, when serious things are going on in the world, I need to be educated and want to be educated on them. But my gut reaction is to do that. So I think with things that maybe could make me sad now, I'm just like, oh, no, I've reached my barometer in the recent years of my life. Like, don't want to deal with that. No, thanks. And then talking about it in therapy, I think, was like, oh, okay, I have some emotions there. I need to not be so resentful of having sad emotions about things because (laughs) it's just a part of life. 
But, yeah, yeah. And but when they surprise you, it's annoying. <laughs> not not but I don't to be clear, I don't feel annoyed that you have the emotions. I feel annoyed when I have them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. We are truly so opposite in this regard. <laughs> I am literally like, oh, let's bring on all the sadness. Let's cry it out. Like therapy is the one place where it's like so comfortable to do that. Or I and I'm also glass ha- glass half empty. Like, oh my god, look at all the negatives. <laughs> and I'm such a pessimist. Or I'm a realist. I'm more realist than a pessimist. So this is great to have just variety of perspective on the podcast. It's truly yeah, so this is perfect. We can balance each other out. This is great. But I can see also how both things end up working and not working. I see pluses and minuses to both. Yeah, and I can see how grief can root you in either of those directions as well. Not saying that, like, that is what defined you being, like, that type of person, but I will say I think there are things that your mind shifts, your perspective shifts on because of grief and stuff, and for me, I don't know if I was necessarily the most positive person at the age of 11 or 12, (laughs) but I do think that I grew with this, like, well, if, like, like, God can just strip my dad from me. Like, what else could happen? Like, it's pretty much all shitty, like, out there kind of thing. And that was, like, the mentality that I had. Um, granted, that's it's not as dark all the time. I will say that. Like, it, I don't feel like that all the time. But, um, yeah, that's kind of, like, how it shifted my perspective. And I think I got a lot of, like, negative thinking from that experience, which I've also worked on in therapy. Don't worry. <laughs> but that – feels logical to me like especially as a kid like well the one of these big stable forces in my life yeah is taken away from me and nothing you know he didn't do anything to deserve that your family didn't do anything to deserve that so why like I completely get that reasoning um if anything I think my (laughs) it's almost like for me I don't know if it's a combination like I said like trying like now being in denial of other sad things or not denial, but like I said, trying to avoid them. Um, she was overall very, very, very positive and that more glass half full. So maybe it's a part of me is like wanting to continue on like her. And then there's a little part, which I don't know if we talked about um, the funny story. Cause my dad kind of had this too. Um, almost the flip side of your logic. Like we were on a beach with our dog, Charlie, and there was a sign that said like, you know, dogs must be leashed. And he just kind of like took the leash off and was like, my wife died. Like what else can happen to me? Like let him go. And just like in a weird way, it's kind of like the worst thing already happened to me. So like nothing else can get to me or like nothing else matters or like you know, what are the odds something else horrible happens? And it almost can make you be a little bit more like reckless. I don't know. That's an interesting one. Maybe we dive into this in another episode of like how grief changes your perspective. Because obviously taking out the glass half full, glass half empty thing, grief changed my perspective on a lot of things and like, you know, little life stresses and family dynamics and being present and like so many other life things. Of course it does. But in terms of just this perspective of like positive, like the more like optimist real. And, and also I had more years of life formed where I was formed with that attitude versus you were not a fully formed human when your loss happened to you. So it shaped you a lot more at that time. 
But that's an interesting one. And we'll have to ask Mads where she falls on it. She might be in the middle or she might leave. What do you think? I don't know. Ooh. Um... I'm going to say she's in the middle. I feel like she's a yeah. realist. Yeah. I think she's a real. I, I can be a realist, and I think I'm more a realist than a pessimist, but I'm definitely not an optimist. <laughs> like, that's for sure. And I I was, like, a firm optimist, and maybe now I lean more to realist, like, since everything has happened, but still lean more in the optimist camp. I think – when and if, and this is a teaser for the future, we do kind of like a deep dive on everybody, which we do want to do a three-part series on this. Um, that would be like a good question to ask each person of like how your perspective changed or if you think your personality has like been defined by anything. Um, whereas like, again, I know because of me, it, it's a little bit makes more sense because it happened so much earlier on that it defined and shaped a lot of who I am versus with you guys, it happened on like after you reached adulthood. Um, But I do think that there could still be some like personality traits in there or things that could have shifted after that experience. Completely. I I had one final thought, but otherwise that is a good note to end on with the, the optimist thing. It's almost like a weird like, I, I'm very competitive. I hate to, like, lose, quote, unquote. And it's almost like fighting grief. Like, you're oh. not going to win. Like, you're not going to bring me down into this, like, dark place that I wasn't at before this happened. So I'm going to, like, fight against it. And to the guy I went on the dates with Point, you know, he's like, oh, didn't it? not that, you know, being a pessimist means you, like, wear that on your sleeve more. But it's just, like, it – it's almost like trying to push so hard the other way to like fight against it and almost in like a denial way of like, well, I was this positive before um, and staying this positive kind of means that like nothing's changed, even though a lot has changed. I don't know, but there might be something there. Interesting. Uh, that is super interesting. And like, it's like you're, you don't want to let grief win. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, competitive, and so it's like no. Yeah, but that, wow. that is a good. That was that was. We, here we are, like over an hour, but you got that out of me. I haven't. I haven't even like had that thought myself. Like you helped like pull that out of me. Thinking this about is the, it. your second therapy session, as we always pitch this podcast to be. Um, well, if you've stayed with us this yeah. long and heard us babbling through this whole episode, Completely. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. You're a real one. Thank you for sticking with us. It literally it was just Kathy and I's check-in second therapy session with each other and really was all over the place. If you're listening to this, we have put a title on the episode, but while we're recording it, TBD, what that's going to be, we got to do some brainstorming what the title of this one's going to be because it really was all over the place, but good. I know. I know. Great. So great. Well, I'll let you do the honors as you always do. <laughs> Thank you for listening, really. Extra points for you if you are still listening to Kathy and I at this point, um, but be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast share it with a friend, go back and catch up on episodes. If you missed any, make sure to follow us on social at the morning crew, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. We don't have Mads to check. Maybe we have an email sitting there that we don't know about, but 
I still think our inbox is probably lonely and you can I always highly doubt it. <laughs> My pessimistic and realistic self says, I don't think so. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'm uh, even as an optimist, I'm also going to be realistic and guess that we probably don't have an email. But maybe okay. someone will surprise us. Um, but feel free to email us at themorningcrew at gmail.com. Um, but thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you.